0: Rajiv, welcome to the uh, Commerce Talks podcast, day two at the Seamless Conference in uh, Dubai. And today uh, we are talking again about a retail business. And uh, Lina is with us again the first 10 minutes uh, yeah. before she needs to head to Hello Rajiv, to stage. hello Alex. Welcome. Thank you and hello. Please introduce yourself a bit and uh, Joy Trumps and then we go into details of your business.
1: Yeah, thanks Alex. Uh, thanks for having me here. I'm Rajiv. Uh, I look after the business of Chotrams in the Middle East, which is basically UAE, Bahrain, Qatar, and Oman, where we operate as a retailer and a distributor. So we have retail stores in UAE, Bahrain, and uh, Qatar, and we have a distribution business where we distribute food FMCG brands in the UAE, Bahrain, Oman, and Qatar. We've been around here for
0: 50 years. Next year will be 50th year in the Middle East.
2: Impressive. Hmm.
0: Thank you. Are you shopping with uh, with them, Nina?
2: Yes, I am shopping them. I live on Palm. I oh wow!
0: At Palm Jamila at yeah, the uh, at Palm is j- Palm azure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The,
2: the new the new shop you opened just recently, right? Uh, but before I actually shopped at your physical stores, I am uh, your very loyal online consumer. Oh, that's great! I actually shop, you know, and I think um, from my perspective, the reason you want my loyalty because you were one of the first to enter online ecosystem, absolutely. absolutely. So I had no other options. You know, I uh, I come sort of from the UK where everyone only shops online. Right. So when I was looking for the proper online option, there was nothing. Showtrams uh, went from definitely through the journey through transformation, and uh, you won my loyalty because you actually were one of the first one to open online store.
1: Thank you, Lena. I mean, that's it's great to hear and very encouraging as well. We opened up our e-commerce online shopping in 2015. And we went live sometime in the fag end of 2015. And we've seen the evolution of e-commerce over the last three, four years, pre-pandemic and then the pandemic and then the post-pandemic. It's been very interesting. And we've seen that there's a lot more online shopping today than there was in 2016. In 2016, we had a select few customers like you yeah. who, who who shopped online. But now you have many more customers who shop online. They shop smaller shopping baskets. They shop more frequently. Great. And yeah, so yeah.
0: And can you tell the listeners who are not like from the regions, never heard about the brand, a uh, sure. b- bit of the history? Because when I read about like Choytram's, um I-, I thought it was started in Sierra Leone. I think that's a- the that's first here that's because all the businesses we are talking about were started like some in Kuwait, uh, uh, some, in- some in KSA, some in Dubai. But Sierra Leone is like a, n- a new one, even for mm-hmm. commerce talk. Yeah.
1: So can I give a little history yes. of Choytram? Yes. Yeah. So the founder of Choitram was a gentleman called Thakurdas Pagrani. Thakurdas Pagrani, and he went to Sierra Leone in 1943, and he set up his first store in 1944 in Sierra Leone. And then over the course of the next 30 years, they set up other markets in West Africa, Sierra Leone, Cameroon, Liberia, Ghana, and so on. In 1974, they came here, and they set up their first store in Barduba, in Mina Bazaar. And, uh, and then yeah, that's been the... so. It started in the early 70s and we were probably among the first grocery supermarkets to come here. And we started expanding in this region in Dubai. And then by the end, by 1980, we had also begun a distribution business. There we were distributing things like Fruitela, for example. We started distributing Fruitela in 1978. You know, the, the popular toffee. And uh, and then by 1990, we were a full-fledged retailer and distributor in UAE, Oman, Bahrain, and Qatar. So, by 1990, we were in Bahrain and Oman. By 1993, 94 we were in Qatar. Uh, by 2000, we sold our retail business in Oman. So, now we have a distribution business in Oman. And we have retail and distribution in these three countries. Crazy story.
0: When, and, and they found out where did he come from when he when he entered uh, Sierra Leone in the from, 40s? India. from India from India okay. he
1: was from Jaipur ah okay just uh, the capital of Rajasthan a state in the I, west I just west try to India.
0: imagine how it was like for like uh, for somebody from India in the forties so uh, uh, going to going to Africa and, and starting a retail business that's it's crazy quite crazy. Yeah, quite
1: crazy. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by, it, and you keep hearing stories from old timers. You know, guys who've been in Joytrum for thirty, forty years, and you hear so many snippets and stories of things that used to happen then. very fascinating. Yeah.
0: And like, uh, and from, uh, and like, uh, just um, fast forwarding to to today. So, if you have to describe like the USP for for Joy-Trams, why are why are people buying there? Is mm-hmm. it like a certain assortment USP? Is it a location USP? Is it what? What is it? So
1: it's location for sure. Location matters a lot, and in retail, location is paramount. Uh, customer service is important, and we have always been very friendly to our customers. I hope you can uh, confirm that, Nina. And uh, we have a range of products. We have a range. Of, we were the first guys to actually have a pretty wide range of imports. I'm talking about the '70s when nobody really was around to bring in imported products from. Uh, you know, from the UK and from the US and so on. So we were the first. Now, of course, a lot of supermarkets have imported products, but we have a wide range of imports. And uh, we have stores in convenient locations. And we were the first guys to go online. And so today you can access Chotram from anywhere. Either you can go to a store or you can go online to our shopping site, or you can go to different marketplace platforms and access Chotrams.
2: What's interesting about you is that when you scaled online, you went pretty simple, right? Like you mm. didn't invest in all the bells and whistles, Ferraris, as I call. Right. The technology was very simple.
0: It can uh, help. It can yeah. help. Yeah.
2: And uh, it was also from A to Z, you know, it's very fast to get to the checkout. It's super simple, but I guess, you know, what, what, you know, there are a lot of advantages of it. So for the consumers that were embracing online retailing, it's easy and it was easier to shop on your site and still very is very easy to shop. However, now, as we are looking into the, where e-commerce market is, everything about substitution, for example, for you is still over the phone. You, your, your staff calls you, asks you. So it's not really automated. So it seems like the back end, you know, where a lot of e-commerce players are at the moment investing in the back end, you seem to still be doing it pretty simple way using the labor rather than using technology to opt- optimize and automate it?
1: Good question. That's a good question, Lena, And it's a valid point. So we, we were early ones to start and we kept it simple, not using too much technology, using our pickers, using our loaders, etc. And using our own delivery. So we do delivery ourselves, right, for our stores. Then we went, then we teamed up with Instashop and yeah. Moon and all these other guys. And of course, Instashop has substitution and things of that sort very nicely. And we haven't really focused on that on our site, and the other businesses have grown, and our site has also grown, but not as fast as the other businesses because consumers like the, uh, the the benefits of choice, right they, they, go to a, they go to an Insta shop and they can see 20 different uh, stores online, and they can choose. Uh, but at the same time, we are investing in the back end now we're investing in the back end right now to make sure that we have substitution and all that in place.
2: All right, nice. so you are even you acknowledge that. Simplicity is important, but also optimizing the back end and and automating, I guess, some processes Absolutely. is super important. Super
1: important, and we're doing it in Bar. So we gone, we're going live in Bahrain and Qatar as well with our online, with our own online shopping platform. Apart from the marketplace platforms that you've already teamed up with.
2: All right. So when we meet next year in Seamless, you will tell us, you know, how automated is all your warehouses and, and all those other things. You better. Thank I you. Will. Thank you. Sorry, thank I have you, to run to the.
0: And, and you can build up on this uh, on this uh, information for your panel later because Absolutely. you got a <laughs> I'm sweating yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Lina. So but um going back to your to your uh, to your e-commerce operation, so how important um, is it today compared to the uh, brick and mortar revenue? Is it really sizable? Are we talking five, ten percent of the revenue made via online channels, partners or direct channels? Okay I, w- I wouldn't talk
1: numbers, but uh, to give you a sense, pre-pandemic it was low single digits uh, now it's double digits. Uh, Already? So it is. With, so with, with, with the partners pandi- and direct together. Uh, with, yeah, with partners and direct together. And uh, with the pandemic, it went up. It entered double digits. But it's, it's inching slowly upward even after the pandemic in the UAE. Mm. So the UAE market, the online market, although it's settling down, has continues to show some positive growth even versus, say, 21, when the pandemic was more uh, rampant. Which is not the case in Bahrain, for example, where... Uh, the pandemic really grew the market but after the pandemic things have kind of subsided a little bit in the online space over here people still like
0: to shop online and a lot more consumers are shopping online than than earlier but then online if if like let's 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 don't get into the specific numbers but if it's like double digit already then online is your biggest market like it's it's your, biggest, single, your biggest your biggest store single
1: branch yeah. a single largest store let's that's true. Okay, so it's important.
0: But is it that usually that is kind of the uh, the the turning point from an from an org chart perspective? Before online, and as you just uh, explained, Lena, before it was kind of a side hustle. You tried to manage it with the existing resources, not to spend too much money into operations, warehousing, uh, e commerce, tech, whatever. Now it it is growing and. Even like with a with a with a slow growth like 10 15 percent uh, um, uh, um, baseline usually makes it the most important like expansion channel. Does it change something in your in your orchestra? Do you set up now an e-commerce organization? Do you do you do you go into into um, into trade fairs, looking into automated way stuff, or is it still far away?
1: So the base structure remains the same because one advantage the supermarkets have is that they already have supermarkets, they have a warehouse, they have procurement structures, they have a warehouse structure. So what are we doing? So what are we doing? So we when we went uh, online, we used two or three of our stores as hubs to deliver to Dubai. When we went to different marketplaces, we used a hyperlocal model where we, uh, uh, we deliver to within a radius of 5-7 kilometers from the store. Does it change the structure drastically? No. We have we have a couple of e-commerce specialists, but it doesn't change the structure drastically. It adds a little bit, but it doesn't take away. It, uh, we actually had a lot of multitasking to do. So, for example, in a supermarket, you have guys who earlier used to only take care of customer service, but today they also do picking at appropriate times for uh, online orders. Right, he, so you're multitasking. So in terms of structure, uh, we have had to train our employees and prepare them for more work or uh, more efficient work.
0: I remember like one quote from uh, from uh, one of your colleagues from Panda Retail. He said, mm. um, "Picking is an art. So uh, doing picking with a fast speed and the right time—that is something you cannot uh, do low uh, low labor workers uh, for it because it's really training." involved, like doing this right, picking the right. Uh, I think the example was like uh, Kellogg's, uh, uh, the right Kellogg's pack because there's like so many small nuances in the different brands, like uh, picking the wrong one uh, is a disaster like for the customer. So would you agree on that? Absolutely. So uh, let me give you a, so when
1: when we open up a new supermarket, right now I'm talking a brick and mortar supermarket, what do we do? We of course we we ask HR to bring in more people, right? To recruit another thirty, forty, fifty people, but in the meanwhile, we take people from other stores. We take a few people from every store to make up the initial team to serve customers initially and then trained employees come in and then take over from these guys while they so similarly in online we use people with experience people who are stalkers people who are customer service people who know our fruits and vegetables because it's extremely important to ensure that when you pick up fruits and vegetables we pick good quality so we pick as if the consumer were picking but it's important to ensure that the apples that you pick the okra that you pick is fresh and and decent, right? So so they trust you. And but they on come the, back to you
0: but on the delivery model, when you started uh, delivering out of your three stores in in, in in Dubai, we are talking about a scheduled delivery model, like That's next right. next That's day. Right. We are not talking about like same not day, next, same, same, same day, hour. Same day. Same day. Same day. So let's say
1: I order in the morning and I receive in the evening so do you have scheduled times let's say 2 to 4 4 to 6 6 to 8 6 to 10, and you choose a delivery time there is if there is an availability at that slot you will get the slot so typically in the same day because it's
0: fresh food right most of it is fresh food so you have to deliver on the same day okay and 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 uh, how how big is the assortment like is it like a hypermarket size or is it like no, european supermarket, supermarket size,
1: size? so uh, it could be up to 20000 30000 skus for your uh, for your ecom for our com. You know, for our online yeah.
0: shopping. But for our hyperlocals, typically 7,000, 8,000 SKUs. Mm. And how do, is it easy still to get like pickers and stockers and delivery drivers here in, here in the region? Because that is like the... The, the biggest bottleneck in the Western uh, markets. You just don't find people, affordable people for picking, stocking, driving, all the infrastructure needed for delivery. Is it is easy to, to, it to is get because them because there are
1: a lot of people who keep coming. So Dubai is a very happening place. People keep coming here looking for employment. So in the t- at the time of the pandemic, actually, what happened is people couldn't go back home. So a lot of people were stuck over here because they couldn't go back home because of, you know, travel regulations and things of that sort. So people stayed back. So we didn't have a big issue. When people started going back in 22, people started going back home when they could go back home. We had sometimes had a bit of an issue in 21, 22. So, for example, when our online ramped up and we required to deliver quickly and we had lots more orders coming in during the pandemic, we had to, for some time, we were outsourcing some people from F&B and other places to be able to to you know make make uh, make good the shortage that we had but for a short while not for long
0: that's it. as you're saying fmb that's like definitely one thing you uh you recognize when you're in dubai like entering a restaurant you have like a valet uh a right. service like 20 people opening the elevator uh, welcoming you uh coming to your desk uh, serving and Many restaurants in uh, western europe they've they've lost their personnel during the pandemic the, and then the the personnel look for jobs like in other like in e commerce and in whatever and they're not coming back now. Right. many restaurants have to reduce opening times, many are closing because there's no personnel left yeah. That's nothing you see here as an, as no, it's not i
1: mean some some f and b outlets have closed during the pandemic, but a lot of them have stayed, and a lot of them actually grew their business in home yeah. delivery yeah. right yeah. because Nobody is coming to the restaurants. So people, uh, and now people are back in the restaurants, and people are also ordering online. So how
0: how do you how do you win new customers for Troytrims Is it always customers that have been customers in the brick and mortar store before, which you then turn into online customers, or do you have ways to add new customers that haven't been Troytrims customers before? So of course you
1: have your existing loyal customers from stores who shop online, but you also have people who uh, so people come on platforms. So uh, so typically the marketplace. Uh, whether it is Insta Shop or Noon, or gives you an gives you an opportunity to get new customers who've never shopped at Chhau because they see a range of products there which they like and they shop. We also use social media. We also do marketing with Instagram, Facebook, etc. to drive. Uh, new customers
0: and do you have a, a certain attribution model where you say okay you can afford this amount of money to drive like a new customers into like the try, term, Stop com platform so it's profitable from the first order on so
1: we don't do it by platform but we are in the overall sense so annually we have a marketing plan and in our marketing plan we have certain money allotted for driving new customers for retain for customer retention and so on so
0: what is what is your view in um in differentiating your efforts between platforms the aggregators like an insta shop versus your direct to consumer channel because i assume there must be a conflict in it because eventually you want to have the customer yourself on the on the platform uh, um you want his email address you want to send him a whatsapp you want like a Strong customer relation. You don't want the customers just picking something on, on Instashop. But uh, on the other side, I understand those platforms are thriving. There's even more platforms adding to the market. So there might be more Instashops in the future. How do you manage this conflict?
1: Well, that, then that's that's a good question. And that was a conflict that we did have. So in 2015, 16, we launched. And by 17, 18, all the platforms that started. Instashop had already come in. And and I, and I think we, we mulled over for about almost a year, whether we should go live. Our Insta shop approached us and we weren't sure they should go live. Eventually, we decided to go live. In the middle of 18, we went live with one store and we saw our online business actually picking up and doing really well and the overall, and it didn't cannibalize so much our existing brick and mortar sales. It actually added on. And we saw that over the six months it actually added on. We said we must do it in other stores. So actually, um, you're right. Initially, we had this concern about my customer, our customer kind of thing. But now it's about... Uh, making sure that our customers can access Chotrams from anywhere. So making Chotrams as accessible as possible. So we have brick-and-mortar stores. We have signed up with Rogue Hotels. So we have convenience stores and uh, Rogue Hotels as well. So tourists can access Chotrams as well on offline. And then you have Chotram.com. And then you have Marketplace. You have WhatsApp. You have Deliveroo. So you have many different ways of actually accessing. How, how
0: is WhatsApp working? Like from a can you can you walk me through the customer experience so, so of we WhatsApp? Just, so
1: WhatsApp is something. So we uh, so what we did initially with WhatsApp was that in every uh, store we created a WhatsApp community for that store, with customers around that store. So if customers wanted to place an order, they could place it on WhatsApp. So what WhatsApp was tra- what we're trying to do with WhatsApp is to substitute our phone calls because they have been doing home delivery, so you have people calling up. And asking for a bottle of milk. I mean, like, you know, a 10 buck order, a five buck order. And it doesn't really make uh, financial sense. But now with WhatsApp, we have people ordering more things. And so the idea is to really substitute phone calling with WhatsApp. So uh-huh. it becomes a little more easier to manage do we, do in you, the
0: omni channel kind of way. Do you have like an agent like uh, monitoring like 10 WhatsApp uh, conversations at the same time and then putting those? Uh, whatsapp orders into your backend system though it's going to be delivered or how does it work so now it's
1: at the moment it's it's whatsapp but the whatsapp is not integrated with our uh, with our backend system but the intention and we are working with uh, with the partner to integrate that with our backend system so that we are able to so now it's like a separate whatsapp for every store so every store runs their own which is
0: not bad which is not bad yeah. because, because there's a certain connection to the That's local right. level or absolutely uh, and now we're trying to store. centralize it
1: and now we're trying to centralize it as well
0: Okay, so right now there's maybe even a mobile phone in the in the store, like one one. Uh, yeah, we store employee. has a mobile phone. Absolutely. Ah, okay, right. so it's not yet really really scalable, um, in, in this. But of- uh, our e-commerce is centralized. So
1: e-commerce is centralized, and you call the number, and then they will uh, take you. Uh,
0: Last year, when we started, like the the recording, and we have here people cannot uh, see it because the podcast. We have Frederick here from, uh, from uh, uh, another podcast guest from last year. Right, a big discussion about the region here was um, that it's very hard to find skilled personnel, especially on the e-commerce um, topics, uh, marketing experts, uh, e-commerce systems experts, platform experts, interface experts. Was like for PIM. Systems uh, and you have been now doing this since two thousand. Uh, You've since two thousand 15, yeah, 15. Yeah, 15, fifteen. So, what's your view on this? Is there now skilled skilled personnel available in the region?
1: They are available, but they aren't as plenty as you'd like them to be. Hmm. So, certainly in terms of technology and systems, and we don't re- we don't get such good guys. And getting good marketing people, who are able to make your content for you. We're able to develop your content for you, you. You still have to look to find them. It's not that
0: easy. Okay. Do you see like a big competition between all these different platforms where they're trying to establish new like though the Insta um, Insta shop for example is kind of a, a different supermarket brand right. trying to get like all the uh, um all the all the um um all the all the all the time from the customer uh in their in their platform and then uh, the podcast we have recorded uh, just before was Yala Markets mm. and they tried it too like with ultra fast so there's more people trying to get FaceTime with the same customer uh, you are work- you're working with. Are you s- somehow concerned that it's like changing the whole model, or are you like so confident, like assortment-wise, product-wise, that you say no, that is not a problem. We have to figure out now because Yala Markets' comment about this was, you know, there's like two million more people coming to Dubai, and within the next ten years, the market is growing so fast, nobody needs to be concerned about like market share.
1: You know, we we wrestled with these choices also in the last few years and we thought about it. But I think uh, a, a grocery supermarket chain like us or like others like us who have an offline presence and an online presence are best placed to uh, leverage and capture this, these customers. Because you're offline, you have visibility, you have locations. Customers come to you every day because they want to do their milk and soft drinks yeah. and cigarettes and stuff. So, so you're So you're relevant, they know you. And then when they come online, they think about you, and they come to you. So that doesn't go away. Yeah, sure, you have more players. You're more, for example, a pure play online player does have this complexity of dealing with logistics is a challenge here, supply chain is a challenge here, the weather is a challenge here, keeping food fresh is a challenge here. So having your own uh, stores and warehouses and
0: a knowledge of products gives, I believe, some advantage to. Uh, retailer. From the 20,000 SKUs uh, you have like in a in a standard um, in a standard markets, how many are exclusive to Chiatrams? Very very few, very
1: very few, very few. So uh, uh, do you have? Some, we have our own private labels, of course. So we have some private labels, some of that. But I would say a lot of them are. Uh, uh, our products that we have been importing from, so other other retailers have also begun to import. Mm-hmm. But there are some products, so you will find very few retailers who, for example, import Rachel yogurt regularly, stuff like that. So, so, so there are certain products that we bring in specifically. We used to do Tesco, for example. Uh, so when we had a tie-up with Tesco, uh, it was our, like almost like our private label. Mm. So uh, we had Tesco products that we were selling only in our stores, in our supermarkets. And so Tesco became associated with uh, so Tesco branded uh, products FMCG products became associated with our brand in the last three or four years. Uh, Tesco, because of the uh, uh, the Brexit and all the problems that they have had, have decided to stop focusing on export markets. So we brought another so yeah. we, so we brought in other brands, right? So we have Super Value, we have uh, Iceland, we have Woolworth where we work with these brands and they're exclusively available in our stores. Yeah. but they are not as big. Uh, yet as a Tesco and, we are still, and we're still working on those. Yeah.
0: So what is actually changing in the online world is that the, um, the retailers know their customers because there's somehow like an identification process, email, phone number, whatever. So you have like a history. That is something which was unknown by most retailers before because like people came in the supermarket, bought some milk and then paid cash maybe or credit card, but there was no very limited like loyalty card culture. In, in this area, was it the same with, with you, or is there like a Troitrim's loyalty card? Do you know the the person who is walking in your supermarkets? Uh, we are not yet at
1: that stage but we have launched our loyalty so we are working with the coalition loyalty program bounce and we launched it in uh, august 2021 august uh, b- september bounce, is like bounce. Uh, b-o-u-n-z
0: but Z. this is a loyalty program like i don't know um, payback for example like with many retailers using the same card no we are the only
1: supermarket oh, okay. we're the only supermarket retailer there are restaurants and there
0: are there's Joya lucas oh, okay. and there are but there's
1: more there's more there's more businesses using the same card there are more businesses using the same okay. card so uh, we have just so in the last year and half uh, we have seen uh, consumers uh, sh- so typically the average transaction value of somebody who shops with a loyalty card is higher is significantly higher than otherwise and uh, so we see more and more customers switching to bounce and we see that that does help us and we now have enough data to begin my mi- looking at mining that data and targeting customers and so on so
0: yes it is it is useful and have you? How is this reflected then in your organization? You, you're starting this new the loyalty program, the e-commerce program. Is there now? Um, is there now an omni-channel team managing all these different channels and say, okay, it doesn't matter the customer comes via WhatsApp or the uh, direct to consumer side or Instashop or the loyalty card. We try to put them together like in one system and to orchestrate marketing campaigns. I don't know, voucher codes for special Kellogg's, for. Example. So
1: so so loyalty just, just to so loyalty at the moment is only offline. And we're just introducing it online right now. As we speak, we'll int- we be introducing it online to chotram.com. But loyalty may not be in the marketplaces. We have to take a call on that. We have to take a call on whether, loyalty will, uh, whether Chotram loyalty... Yeah, that
0: makes sense because you want to have the customer in your That's store. Right. You know. That's right. There must be like a differentiation. That's uh, right. Uh, um, always. Is there like... When you're like, when we are like uh, um, uh, looking into the future, like ten years from now, when Dubai will be grow to have grown to like five million people, what do you expect is could be the e-commerce market share for grocery?
1: I think it will settle around eighteen to twenty percent. I think so low.
0: So today, Europe is about eighteen percent. No, it's a country by country. So Germany said two uh uk is at uk uh, i'm talking uk uk is uh 18 17 18 percent No, 10 to 15 rather and it's like they're declining uh right now because people are going back to um to cheaper choices uh which is not offered via okedo and others mm, france is between two to five percent so it's super low super super low
1: well, so here the market is already just about entered double digits so, overall, the e-commerce market in UAE has, I'm not talking about other countries, but in the UAE, online market for grocery has just about entered double digits. Now, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm asking this because… And so, I yeah. expect that it can grow, but it'll inch slowly. It could go up to 15, 16, 17, 18, in that range, in the mid mid.
0: Oh, okay because I was like I would have expected a much higher number like 30 40 50% because um the, what the one thing we are seeing in Europe is like in markets where you like offer a good um a good option like uh, like picnic in the Netherlands or like uh rewe is offering now in cologne or in berlin with like automated warehouses they are matching offline prices bigger assortment f- free delivery then people are starting to adapt because uh, we did a survey um, in, uh, in in US, UK, and Germany about like how happy are people buying grocery offline. And 50% say it's not an experience they want to have. It's just like a necessity. If there's like an alternative, I go to an alternative. The alternative is not available in those markets because there's no affordable labor pickers, stalkers, drivers. That's not the case here. And in a market where so many new people come entering the market like like in Dubai and uh, most people are they start there all the stuff with their phones. And it's it's all digital people Absolutely. here. I would expect their the adaption is higher because like the infrastructure is there. People are younger, I would say here in Dubai compared compared to uh, to, to Europe anyway. <laughs> but uh, in general. So I, I wouldn't I would expect a, like a higher higher market share. Much higher. Because what is the limit? There's no there's no limit for growth for e-commerce here.
1: So there is a consumer behavior of shopping offline. So it is uh, more prevalent in other parts of the Middle East than here. The people like to go to stores. It's a social event. It's a social occasion. People shop at stores. People like to, you know, it's it's you go and meet your store manager. You chat with everybody. You, you look at different, you look at fish, you look at meat, you buy different products. You spend an hour in the store you spend time and that so what we saw with the pandemic the footfall came down but after the pandemic footfall is back so people are coming back to the stores like they were in 2019 so that so while people are shopping offline people are also shopping online so you see the same consumer shopping offline and online so
0: I, I'm getting back from work. That I, that I believe, but I, uh, um, the, um, the, the, the chairman of a very big um, sports, uh, uh, very sports retailer in, uh, in Germany told me once: "You know, there are still people you're seeing in the malls and shopping street, but they don't wear bags anymore. So they go there like mm-hmm. for the social event, the restaurant, whatever, and you see it in uh, Dubai Mall. Mm-hmm. When I was there, I just what there like. Dubai was t- a good example. Yeah, but you see it in Dubai Mall. People go there. Nobody is holding a bag." And yes, there's some like uh, delivery to home options and I I believe they do it, but uh, they might be inspired, but they most likely will shop online. So the offline conversion is going down.
1: In food and grocery, the online conversion isn't as rapid and will not be as high as it is in fashion and electronics where the conversion would be higher, typically. People still like to, a lot of people still like to see and feel their vegetables, their fruits, and they want to, although we try and ensure that we pick the right fruits and the right stuff so that consumers have confidence that Chotam is picking the right product, People still like to f- see their vegetables, fruits, meat, and and I think it's stronger here that that uh, feeling than it is in other parts of the world. Okay,
0: I, I will I will I will make a note about your uh, your future view fifty to eighteen percent, like in. in <laughs> I mean, and it's, I mean, it's only it's uh, what what have you said like two thirty? Okay, that's a long time to go for like then it's like <laughs> seven years to have to wait. Uh, but I I'm pretty confident like like in years from now that we are like above the 18 percent yeah yeah but okay. we will then we will two, years is, two years two two years is like manageable we can we will remember this conversations we in will, two years will. and then we can compare <laughs> we will compare now especially in a market like dubai but let's let's see how this sure. how this picks up okay uh, uh fast forwarding because uh we are running out of out of time so what is like the next big things you're looking forward for toy trims within the next like one to two years <laughs> So, I think one of the things
1: that we are doing is we are shopping our, we are launching our online shopping in Bahrain and Qatar as we have over here long back. We didn't do it in Bahrain and Qatar, we did it here in the UAE. So, we are launching our online, our own online shopping channels in Bahrain and Qatar. That's one thing that we're doing. We oh, going, how
0: important are those markets? So, is this, is like a known supermarket there?
1: As Megamart. Oh. So the brand in Bahrain is Megamart and likewise in in Qatar, it's Megamart. And it's, they're both pretty well-known markets, slightly different positioning, but uh, both in all three markets are different positioning, but uh, we are uh, well-known in all three markets. Okay. And uh, so online is an important channel for us.
0: And So, uh, okay, launching new online channels and then maybe my last question. so Self-checkouts.
1: All those things, right? Making making, uh, making uh, things as convenient as possible for the consumer, both offline and online.
0: When you look into your board meeting agendas, mm-hmm. like once a month, um, I would assume like five years ago or like before 2015, there was rarely any digital topic in the board meeting. It was like, uh, do we want to open in this city? Do we want to work with this brand? Do we want to hire this local manager? looking into your board meeting uh, uh, agenda today out of 10 topics how many have this kind of digital flavor in it we discuss like uh, uh, automated checkout for example is is such a thing where you need to identify the customer online payment online stores is just an out of 10 topics how many are digitally influenced so it depends influenced?
1: you know i mean we have monthly meetings where we just doing a review of the performance and any new initiatives. And then we have the year end, which is the business plan and all those things. So in the business plan, you may have two, three topics which, which uh, revolve around technology. Otherwise, you could have one topic, but, okay. but, it, but it's a lot more frequently discussed than in the past. Okay. We talk about online shopping in every board meeting. We talk about where it's going. We talk about share, share contribution from online. We talk about new trends in
0: online. Do you still need to invest time in convincing uh, your, your management peers or people from the stores into this online journey? Because uh, some of them, you, you said some of them started like 30 years ago. They, c- they cannot believe that people don't want to go to the store. Do you have to invest still?
1: No, not not so much, not so much anymore. It was so t- even three, four years ago, but a lot of changes have happened the last mm-hmm. few years, and I think uh, our our teams are also being prepared for
0: that uh, change. Crazy. So we have our bet. I've uh, I made a note. Uh, it was very oh, interesting. Let's see. Yeah, Let's let's see what Lena will uh, take out of the conversation with Frederic. You and your, <laughs> you, Rajiv. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for your time.